0: Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Wayne Titus. Wayne, are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Let's go. Excellent. Let's do this. Wayne is a CPA, a PFS, an IFA. He's the principal and founder at AMDG Financial. He's the author of The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. I'm excited to have you on. Wayne, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Well, I, uh, I started... In sales and sales management, uh, a number of years ago, when I first got out of college, I went back, picked up an accounting degree, started working for one of the big six firms at the time. Switched firms, uh, was on the partner admission process. Decided I wasn't going to be happy being partners with twelve thousand other partners around the globe, <laughs> and started my own business. So, so uh, went from kind of a, a very significant salary to zero uh when I started my business and uh been been very happy with that over the years uh it's not zero now but you know restarting kind of restarting my life two or three times over the over the years uh has been a good thing and serving families and entrepreneurs has been probably the highlight of that when I started my business that was kind of my focus what was I going to do and how is I going to be impactful it took me about two years to figure that out. When I figured it out, I, I went to my managing partner and said I was going to uh, lead the firm. It was a matter of time. And they, they uh, asked me to transition my projects and, and supported my move to my, you know, kind of starting out my business. So from the very beginning, we've been the only fiduciary advisors for entrepreneurs and families. Started that in January of So that's been my journey. Uh, for the last, what, 17 years now.
0: Nice. Well, I appreciate that. And for those who are listening, certainly um, over the, the last couple of years, we've talked about the fiduciary and what that means, but it doesn't seem like, a, like, it sounds like you were probably on the front end of that.
1: Yeah, there wasn't too many firms. When I started doing my research, you know, there was some literature out there on fiduciary processes. Uh, i I learned about a guy named Don Trone, who's still around. Uh, you know, I call him the father of fiduciary. Uh, he did, does a lot in the area of leadership. He's a good, kind of a good mentor of mine. Um, but he's, he had a, he'd written a book called uh, Pre- uh, Procedural Prudence for Fiduciaries. And uh, I started my firm based on that book and the, the business processes that need to be in place. And our firm... AMDG Financial has been audited by the Center for Fiduciary Excellence since 2007. We were one of the first 10 firms in the world and one of the first eight in, in the United States to achieve this accreditation. And uh, we've achieved it every single year since 2007. It's an important uh, thing for us, uh, and it demonstrates to our clients that are interested that you know, we conform to global best practices for fiduciaries. So not too many firms do it. I think there's maybe 150 firms now uh, accredited like that. Um, but we were we were some of the first.
0: Nice. Outstanding. So talk to us a little bit about some of the, the planning considerations that entrepreneurs have that maybe, I don't want to call them regular, how about that non, non-entrepreneurs have?
1: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the big thing With entrepreneurs is they can get some advice from accountants, uh, from financial advisors, Uh, but the thing that I find that's a little bit in conflict is, you know, the financial advisor saying you have to talk to your accountant, the accountant saying, hey, I need to, uh, 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 you you know, you need to, you need to change the way your investment advisor is doing things, your financial advisor is doing things. And those advisors typically aren't talking to each other. Um, and it becomes a problem uh, because it's, it becomes inefficient, right? So there's an inefficiency that, that is created um, because those advisors aren't talking or integrating the approach. And, and so I think that's actually one of the biggest challenges that a fiduciary advisor has is making sure that they've got the right. Uh, advisors, and that those advisors are either working together, or that they've got one advisor that's doing it all, helping to integrate. Uh, and that's where where our focus is is that integration of tax, financial, and investment strategy. Uh, you know, which is which is what's very important uh, from that perspective.
0: Well, I appreciate that, and I think that when 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 you were describing that that challenge, it made me think about echo chambers that that seem to have popped up quite a bit uh, with social media. And we do find ourselves in echo chambers just talking to people who have drank the same Kool-Aid we have. And so there's not a lot of other opinions coming in. And so from planning perspective, if you have all these different advisors and they're not talking to the other ones and they're just living in their world, it probably would create some inefficiencies.
1: Yeah. That's actually one of the things that I write on my, in my book. And I, I don't talk about it in the context of Echo Chambers, but I think that's a good way to kind of describe it. Uh, there's three kinds of advisors. I got this from Atul Gawande. Uh, he wrote a book on being mortal. Uh, it's, a great, it's a great read. Um, but he talked about the three kinds of physicians, and I said, you know, there really is the same kind of financial and tax advisors. There's the paternalistic, the one that basically tells you what to do. Do as I say, not as I do. There is the informative, the one that says, that it does the research and says, here are all your different options. You choose what's best for you. And then there's the interpretive advisor, the one that tries to understand what your what the facts and circumstances are, what your goals and objectives are, helps filter through or filter out some of the noise. Uh, and puts the pros and cons in a simple uh, analysis, because that's really what it gets down to. It it ends up being a fairly simple analysis when you do the research and you have that uh, integrated knowledge. And then the client is able to make a decision on on which way to move forward, what's best for them and their families or them and their businesses. Um, And so I think that's important to, to, to find that advisor that works as an integrated advisor, somebody that's going to truly understand your situation and help you focus on what's important, not just what they, what they think is important, uh, but, but truly base it on uh, broader facts and circumstances.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a, a great and interesting way to break that down. Um, in terms of thinking about it, in terms of three kinds of physicians, but it does sound to me like like there's an immense crossover, if not identical, to uh, to working with a professional advisor. So, so I appreciate that, um, especially today when there's so much noise out there. It's it's important to have somebody that can have an understanding of, of those three different worlds you talked about: tax, financial, and investment. Um, and I don't think it's totally clear necessarily to me the difference between financial and investment.
1: Yeah, that's a good, I think that's a good question. Um, When you look at tax, financial, and investment strategy, uh, those three things play off of each other. Uh, People understand the impact of taxes and, and how that dilutes how much wealth they can retain. So obviously the goal is to minimize the impact of tax over, not just this year, but over long periods of time. And so... Strategically planning 20 to 40 years is is what we look at uh, when we actually put a strategic tax and cash flow plan together. That strategic tax and cash flow plan is impacted by someone's financial plan. The financial plan is how much money do you have coming in? How much money do you need to spend or want to spend? How much should go to savings? um, How do you, you know, and then how can you manipulate that to, again, minimize that or impact that tax? strategy the investment strategy underpins the financial plan people do think about financial financial and investment advisors as the same they're not the same Um, and as it relates to taxes they don't many times as I said at the very beginning they don't even talk with each other and so if you don't have those three legs of the stool highly integrated you're going to fall over Uh, there's going to be some inefficiency some ineffectiveness uh, on a two-legged stool. You need to have all three of those things integrated. So let me talk about how financial strategy and investment strategy differ. Your financial objectives, you know what you want to accomplish in life, as I said, like your lifestyle, that's a financial objective. How you achieve that uh, might be impacted more by investment strategy. So uh, what are the types of investments that you pick and underpin that financial strategy or those financial objectives with. So the investment strategy supports the financial plan, which impacts the tax plan. Uh, all those three all those three things should be highly integrated.
0: That makes sense. And for an entrepreneur, um, you you mentioned your entrepreneurial story, how you walked away from from a really, really solid income down to zero. And and over the course of your career, um, you've, you've made different changes and tweaks. And I think that's probably a common entrepreneurial story for a lot of people. Do they have a hard time doing that financial planning, really looking ahead?
1: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting uh, thing. You know, people are so focused, entrepreneurs are so focused on their business. There was a study that was done by... Uh, some folks in, in Europe. And they looked at how an entrepreneur looks at their business and how they look at their child. And the the testing that they did actually shows that the brain lights up in a very similar way between the, when they looked at a picture of their child or a picture of their business. Right? So we as entrepreneurs we're highly engaged and highly emotional as it relates to our businesses as well as our families. Very similar experience. But an entrepreneur's focus isn't on uh, tax, financial, and investment strategy. It's on their business, right, or it's on their family. There's a lot of, of uh, time that it takes to do this. And if you know if they had that time, they would probably choose to spend it with their family or spend it on their business, not necessarily looking after – and trying to figure these other things out, they're experts, you know, in their business, um, and they—they that's why they got into the business because they love or they have a passion for that. Uh, they don't typically have a passion to mitigate tax, you know, mitigate the impact of taxes. Although they'd like to accomplish that, that's what they rely on their professional advisor to help them with. But again, when they don't know about what kind of advisor should I be using, when we. You know, when we are trying to integrate these things, they, you know, they're unduly relying on their professionals to provide them the advice that they need, because they don't know what questions to ask. Uh, and so I think that's, you know, that's the other thing is they rely on those advisors to help them. But if those advisors are only focused in that one particular area of tax or one particular investment strategy, uh, they're not typically involved in a holistic approach, uh, and so they're not guiding that entrepreneur in a way that's helpful for them to retain uh, as much wealth you know, out of their business as they might otherwise be able to do.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. And w- what are some of those questions?
1: Uh, well, you know, maybe it's not the, the, the question so much as, well, some of the questions, are how do I mitigate the impact of taxes? Uh, you know, I've, I'm a CPA, but I find that a lot of CPAs are really focused on on compliance, like just preparing the actual tax return or doing the bookkeeping. But they're not focused on how do you mitigate the impact of taxes. They're not consultative or integrative in nature. Um, And so when you ask a CPA, how do I mitigate tax, Uh, they may not be providing the the response is well you know consider putting in a 401k plan or a cash balance plan that's integrated with a 401k plan um, or longer term maybe um, you know maybe what you can do is you can level out your your income by putting more into a cash balance plan this year maybe less into a cash balance plan next year uh, depending upon what your profits are so if you have a fluctuation in hours you can fluctuate the amount that's required to be contributed into a cash balance plan, or That's, you know, basically a pension type plan. Um, and many entrepreneurs or CPAs shy away from those kinds of plans because of the commitment, the financial commitment that needs to be made to keep them in place. But there's effective ways to manage that risk uh, and to mitigate that, like an hours-based plan versus a uh, a plan that's not hours based that might require an ongoing contribution instead of a contribution that could be turned off or turned back on. So there, there's there's ways to, to mitigate these impacts, um, but but you have to have the right advisor to help you do that. Um, so if your if your advisor is saying we'll talk to your investment guy, or if your investment guy is saying you talk to your tax person that's probably an indication that you're not working with an integrated advisor. They're not coming up with integrated solutions that integrate tax financial investment strategy. That should be a clue that uh, maybe you should be looking for uh, an additional
0: relationship. So that's one of the tells right there. It's like, oh, I'm going to stay on yeah, my lane. Yeah, I, I think
1: that's an easy one.
0: Yeah, okay. And it's, it's, is it necessarily a bad thing that they don't necessarily do it, but if they say, but I, I have somebody that I work closely with, that is, that's, that's a better sign?
1: Yeah. There, if, you know, We don't, like for our entrepreneurial clients, we don't necessarily prepare their tax returns or do their bookkeeping. We work with other CPAs and, and investment professionals to integrate these things, but you should have somebody that's taking the lead and making sure that that's getting done for you as an entrepreneur. Uh, I think that's probably the most important thing as an entrepreneur, that you can make sure that you've got that lead in place and that they are actively helping you uh, managing, manage those other professionals. Uh, I always tell our entrepreneurial prospects, you know, my goal isn't necessarily to replace your advisors. Uh, If you have a trusted advisory relationship, I think that's really important. And you don't just throw that to the curb, but what you want to try to do is figure out how do you integrate that so that you're getting the most efficient and impactful plan pulled together so that your family benefits over a long period of time.
0: Got it. I you know, having that. that long
1: period of time ahead of you is what is, is really, you know, the, the best resource uh, to have that compounding of, of growth, you know, all of that, the minimization of tax, all of that happens over long periods of time.
0: Well, Wayne, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: Um, I think the difference-making tip is to you know focus on your relationship and make sure that you've got the right professional relationship with your advisor. That they're an integrated advisor. That they're interpreting and helping you uh, implement integrated plans for tax, financial, investment strategy, not one-offs.
0: Well, I think that is great stuff. Definitely gets. Come on, come on. Wayne, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you?
1: They can learn more about me at my website at waynebtitus3.com. And our business is amdgservices.com.
0: Excellent. Give me the website again.
1: amdgservices.com.
0: amdgservices.com. Perfect. Perfect. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Wayne your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good good ideas, go to amdgservices.com. Check out all the things that we've been talking about today. Thank you again, Wayne.
1: It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. podcast course and you'll find it there you can just go to the website i'll also list that in the notes of the show what's up savage nation please support the show by subscribing leave us a review and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it come on